And welcome to a new episode of The Simpsons Did It. I'm your host, Stephen Skolansky. And I'm your co-host, Robert Skolansky. And uh, today's a very special day. It is a special day. Because, because... We're, we're because we're taking a test. Oh, to we're see g- what our future career is. is exactly. Is? You know, I don't I don't necessarily think it was podcasting, but we'll we'll take the test, we'll find out. Um but but also, today is also yeah, another special day. It is another special day. Today is our one year anniversary of starting The Simpsons Did It. So thank you all for staying with us, listening, comments, you know, the the support that we get. And for this episode, we also brought a special guest along. That's right. So hopefully everyone has heard of him because I absolutely love uh, the band Cuckoo Kangaroo. We have uh, Neil from Cuckoo Kangaroo on the show today because he is another one of our diehard Simpsons fans that we love having on on guests. Hello, How's hello, going, Neil? yes, hello, greetings, thanks for having me on the show, congrats on one year, that's a big deal, um, as a podcaster myself, I know that the the, the podcast world is a grind, and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, uh, time goes by fast, but at the same time, you know, sometimes it's it's hard to, uh, you know, maybe see, see the growth you thought you were going to have, or, um, you know, it's, it just, it's, it's a wild ride, until you get started, it's hard to know kind of what your show is, and so much of this stuff, so to hang in there for one year, that, that's a big deal, and uh, I'm sure there'll be uh, many more years uh, coming, coming after this. I do Thanks. hope so, yeah, yeah. and uh, I mean, there is another milestone we're also uh, heading towards, we're all, all heading towards our 10,000th download mark. <sighs> Wow. Wow. Well, this episode's going to uh, surpass it. I don't know where, how far away we are from it. We're at about 90, about 9,600. So, okay. All right. Let's go. I, I, uh, I have, I have faith. This is going to really test the reach of the cuckoo kangaroo fandom. Um, you know, I hope, uh, I hope we get uh, thousands upon thousands upon thousands of listeners. <laughs> that would be great. And, uh, they put you above 12,000 or something like that. That, that would be awesome. awesome. We'll see no promises, but I'm just saying it's what I'm hoping for. <laughs> awesome. Yes. All right. Well, Neil, one question that we do like to ask all of our guests is when did you start to fall in love with the Simpsons? Was it right away? Episode one? Was it? down the line or what where where did you want to pick up the simpsons wow yeah that is uh that's a good question um and yeah i was so i am i am 35 years old so i was born in 1985 so i probably what year did the simpsons start 89 well, the shorts came out in 87, but sure, the show started sure. in 89. Yeah, so I probably, I was probably watching in like 97, 98, like starting around there, you know, like kind of fifth, sixth grade or something like that, so maybe seventh grade. And um, it was just, I don't know what season it was on. I'm sure it was down the line, right? I'm sure they were, well, yeah, obviously it was if it was 89. But I just remember watching the reruns. They would just show two, um, two back to back, like after I was home from school, maybe like I forget if it was like five and five, five and five thirty. Usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. Um, so I would just yeah watch at least one of those pretty much every day, and I'm pretty sure they would just kind of jump around. You know, it was just reruns from whenever, and um, I guess I started having an aversion to the first season. That's probably not like a super uncommon thing, just with the weirdo animation and <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, the different voices and stuff. I'm sure they're great. I haven't lo- I haven't watched them in forever. I'm sure they're uh, the, the the super super fans are are defenders or whatever. <laughs> but um, uh, something about those kind of turned me off so I, I guess the sweet spot for me was more like you know season three to eight or something like that you know that, but that's like yeah a lot of people yeah but i also like wasn't like 
I could, they don't tell you what season you're in before you watch it. Like the season <laughs> episode numbers yeah. aren't there. So you don't really know, like, especially as a kid, you don't really know, but oh, you know, yeah. you could always tell, I guess, from the animation style, which ones were the early, early ones. But then I feel like they kind of hit that sweet spot for, I don't know, probably a decade or more or something in there. Whereas after that, then they kind of look the same, but um, yeah, so that was kind of my story and yeah, I just came coming home and watching them and, uh, digging it and just just laughing and then yep time for time for dinner or whatever so yeah, it was a pre-dinner kind of uh type of thing and then yeah the family would gather around uh dinner table and maybe have wheel of fortune on in the background <laughs> or whatever came after the simpsons and uh yeah it was a good time so uh yeah that's kind of my history of the simpsons and uh it wasn't a specific season but again it was just fun to jump around and um you know watch the reruns yeah absolutely so uh this episode aired uh, oh, sorry. Let's let's start at the top. So we're going to be talking about <laughs> season three, episode eighteen, separate vocations. Yes. Um, the air date for this episode was February twenty seventh, nineteen ninety two. Wow. So it's a, yeah. it's an old one. And we're getting close to the uh, end of the season three. I believe we have four or five episodes left. Yep, getting getting close to the end of season three. Um, so a recap, scholastic tests show Lisa will not be the saxophone player she dreams of being. That's kind of yeah. sad. Have you, have, sad. Have, have, have you guys been told you, you can't grow up to be what you want to be? Wow. I never, I never, um, <laughs> I, I like the jokes on like the, the test stuff, but you know, like the standardized tests, but I don't know that I ever, ah, man, I can't really remember so much like <laughs> taking a test like this, like this vocation test or this yeah. job aptitude test or whatever. Um, I, I think if I did, it was more of a wide net, you know, it was sort of like, yeah. here are sort of general areas of interest rather than like, here's your one uh, job. <laughs> I don't know if like that was like an actual thing, maybe from before my days, or if that's sort of the joke is that it's like, okay, here's a very narrow uh, you know, version of, of maybe what, what you should be doing. So, uh, yeah, I think it's a, it's a f obviously a funny concept, but yeah, that, that, the, the scholastic test, I'm not sure if I ever took that specific one. Yeah. I can't I, remember I, taking I, one. We did. Well, I don't know if you did Steve, but in middle school, I think it was, it's either sixth or eighth grade. I did actually take a similar test. Now our teacher didn't read off the questions, like the questions were there <laughs> yeah. and we just answered, um, and as Neil said, it was like a wide range of things. It wasn't like, oh yeah, you're going to be a mathematician or you're going to be a professional golfer or you're going to be a <laughs> yeah. homemaker. Like it was like kind of a wide range of things. And as far as the question of anybody telling me, no, I can't do something. The only time I can think of was I wanted to play the trumpet when I was in elementary <laughs> school and her mom said no. And her reasoning was it was too loud of an instrument, which yeah. I don't know why in my, my fifth brain mind was like, Oh yeah, that's a good reason. Um, <laughs> so I ended up, I ended up doing the violin instead, but uh, yeah, it's, I, as far as I know, that's the only time anybody ever told me, no, I can't do something in terms yeah. of like doing, going out and trying new things. Yeah. So the uh, chalkboard gag this week, I will not barf unless I'm sick. Oh so, so Neil, God. what we like to do here is try to figure out what got Bart into the into detention to write this on the on the chalkboard. Yeah, I mean, this seems like a very you know this one's a cut. <laughs> this one's cut and dry, right? This is yeah. uh, this is you know this is faking sick to get out of uh, get out of class. 
uh, maybe go home, you know, one of those things, whether yeah. you're just bored or, yeah, you don't want to take the test or whatever, you know, you don't want to run the mile. Maybe it was mile day, <laughs> you know, and it's like, oh, man, I, I'm, I'm really out on this. I, I got to feel like I'm coming down with something. So I feel like that's what that is. But, hey, with Bart, you just never know. Maybe it was just um, just like some sort of, you know, a prank. Pr- prank. Yeah. yeah well, like I feel a, like I feel like because he's like. The, the thing is, he will not barf unless he's sick. So I'm wondering if, like, he put his finger down his throat to make himself barf. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking, too. Yeah, he or, yeah induced induced vomiting that way. Or, yeah, had some of the Ipecac or whatever they give. Oh, <laughs> yeah. You know, whatever it is, just just a little something just to, yeah, you just make a scene, basically, you know. Right yeah. in I'd hate to or... be the I hate to be the person that caught him doing it, though. Ooh. Oh, oh. <laughs> all right so one fun thing that we see through this uh opening sequence again we open right on bart at the chalkboard yeah uh, no zoom in on springfield no zoom on school. springfield into the school so this was another episode which we've talked about in the past where they needed to add more time within the episode oh interesting to cut yep. some of the and so i mean we miss out on you know marge riding around town with maggie we miss you know, the, Bart riding a skateboard through town. We miss we a lot still of do, the... I think we still get the saxophone solo, though. Yep, we did get the saxophone solo. I mean, they got to have that. Lisa's, yeah. you know, very, very enthusiastic about playing the sax. So we got to make yes. sure she gets involved somehow. Is that a common thing? Like, to have them cut out, like, five seconds or whatever yeah, from the intro? We, uh, like, how often did that happen? I, I never even noticed they did that, but it makes sense. So we actually uh, interviewed uh, Mike Reese, um, who was a writer... Yep. Cool. Please. Okay. He was one of the writer. first writers for the Simpsons. Yep. Cool. And we asked him about that. And yeah, he told us that sometimes they will cut portions of the open out to, you know, give more time to the show if they need it. So that's, yeah, yeah it's, I don't know how common it is. I know in like the seasons now, they hardly ever do a chalkboard gag. It's basically cut straight to the Simpsons house. Homer gets hit by the car. They do a couch gag and then they're into the show. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh, as far as like between season three and season, I'm assuming like season 25 ish is when they started doing that. I don't know how often that's done, but uh, yeah, they, they do it to cut time or give more time to the show. It's funny because it's such a it's you know, obviously this is 92, you know, it's 30 years ago, but it's so funny that it's just like now, especially on Disney Plus, you watch this now and it's just like. <laughs> Yeah, if nowadays in modern TV and streaming TV, like mm-hmm. unless you're only on broadcast, I guess like Simpsons sort of is like you can have variable lengths. And yep. I don't know. I just I guess I just noticed it's like watch I mean Netflix shows and stuff like that, but like Mandalorian or whatever. It's just like yeah, you know, one, one episode's twenty nine, one's like forty three, one's like thirty six, and it's just like this is great. Like this is like a creative <laughs> dream. Like, I know, how, right? It, the the story is in control rather than like the box that you have to fit the time in exactly yeah. so the advertisers can and all the stuff can fit in there. So it's just funny to think back on that. It's like yeah, they're gonna change the intro so they can fit in a few more lines or whatever because it needs to needs to be there or whatever. Now now you never need to do that anymore. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's funny because in the first season when we first started doing this, the shows didn't tend to like dip to black quick enough. So oh, yeah. when we were watching it, it would feel like it was a scene to scene to scene. And like <laughs> that threw me off. But I feel like, I, and Steve, I don't know if you can tell, and like the season two and season three, they tend to have a little bit more black in between where the commercial breaks would have been. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's another way to save just a few seconds. <laughs> yeah. 
All right, so the couch gag this week. All the Simpsons but Bart come in, sit on the couch, and then Bart comes in and uh, basically crowd surfs across the Simpsons and lays across everyone. <laughs> well, it's Bart. He's a show off. Oh, yeah. Got to do it. At least yep. he didn't barf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, all right. So we open this show, this episode on uh, Bart's class, and Mrs. Krabappel tells the class that she has a surprise for them. And that's usually never a good indication of something good is going to happen when a teacher's like, I got a surprise for you. Cause usually, well, for me, my thing is, Oh, great. Pop quiz. <laughs> um, but we, we go to Millhouse and he thinks it's going to be an Indian wrestling and alligator. Uh, Sherry thinks it's going to be an elf with ice cream. <laughs> and Bart thinks Mrs. K is going to reveal herself as an alien. Ooh, I vote alien. I mean, I, I would vote for the elf bringing me ice cream. I don't know. I want ice cream. But didn't we all try to think that our teachers were not from this planet? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Or, like, what what they were into, like, when they weren't working. Yeah. yeah. Like, yeah. what did they do? Like, what kind of, what, what were their, like, hobbies or, like, what sort of TV shows they watched and stuff like that? Like, maybe that was, yeah. <laughs> that was the thing. But it yeah, was but... always, it was always weird to see teachers out in the world. Because you just, totally. like, as a kid, you just never thought of your teacher as a human being. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When I when I heard Surprise for the class, I guess in, in when I was a kid, I always hoped it was, like, a, a video. Like, I thought, oh, I, was right. hoping, like, I was hoping Bill the next Nye? move was, like, roll in the video screen. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Some, some, you know, obviously education. I'm not saying, yeah. like, hey, we're just going to watch a movie. I mean, that's, that's really rare. That's some end-of-the-year no stuff way. right there. But, um uh, yeah, Bill Nye, give me some, give me some of that. Give me some <laughs> educational VHS or something like that. Yeah. So that's, I guess, what my, my mind would go to first. Okay. That's that's more wishful thinking, I guess. Yeah. Uh, so oh, here, here comes the quiz. That's, uh, <laughs> you, you know, you, you're just uh, you're feeling like, oh man, the the worst is here. Yeah. So Mrs. Kermopple tells the kids that they're gonna take a test, and then we get a pan down or pan up. I think the camera pan down. down to- down, down, down to Miss Hoover's class, yep. Down to Mrs. Hoover's class, and this is kind of like one of the first times where we see, like, in between the floorboards, there's actually something happening, and we see a snake living in between the floorboards of the two classrooms. Yeah, <laughs> Willie let it get away. Willie's yeah. always uh, letting uh, pets of the school get away. Yeah. So uh, we go to Mrs. Hoover's class, and Mrs. Hoover tells Lisa's class that they're going to take a test, and Lisa's happy because she's, you know, very studious and likes to take tests. And the test they are going to take is called the Career Aptitude Normalizing Test, or <laughs> CANT, so, which, is, <laughs> which is an interesting acronym for uh, this test. That's right. I mean, were they telling kids that what they can't do because i thought the whole point of the test was telling them what they are going can, to do or I think can that's, do i think that's the joke yeah <laughs> <laughs> i think that's the joke um so we uh we go back to bart's class and we learn that her ex-husband uh is with her marriage counselor and this is the quote that she has some of you may discover a wonderful vocation you never even imagined others may find out life isn't fair in spite of your masters from Bryn Mauer, you might end up a glorified babysitter to a bunch of dead-eyed fourth graders while your husband runs naked on a beach with your marriage counselor. <laughs> I mean, I don't, I don't think Mrs. Krabappel or Miss Krabappel is bitter at all. 
Yeah, and, and and I think this, yeah, I, obviously the whole series. Anytime you're in the school, you're gonna get you know sort of like teacher jokes and stuff. But I feel like yeah. this episode's great. It's very heavy on the, oh, you know, yeah. sort of like uh, the secret life of teachers. They're sort of like yeah, well, you know, <laughs> they they lose all the textbooks and all that stuff, and they're all, you know, panicked and everything. And it, there's lots of you know, there's lots of normalizing teachers and sort of humanizing teachers and the, yeah, that yeah. kind of humor going on in here. And this is yeah, one of the first jokes of the show for that. Yeah. So, uh, Mrs. Miss Kerbapple reads off the first question of the test, and it is, what kind of animal would you be? A carpenter ant, a nurse shark, <laughs> or a lawyer bird? And Bart chooses a lawyer bird. I'm going to also go with Bart. I want to be a lawyer bird. <laughs> and only because of Always Sunny in Philadelphia and oh, Bird Law. Oh, gotcha. Okay. <laughs> bird Law. Got to know my Bird Law. Dude, I hate to, I hate to, I hate to call out Simpsons predictions, but I just, oh my god, that's awesome. I don't know if that's where Sunny in Philadelphia got it, but that just popped into my mind. So, uh, lawyer all right, bird. All right, what about you? What about you, Neil? What would you want to be? Yeah, I mean, I like um, obviously, yeah, lawyer bird does sound fun, but uh, I'll stick with uh, I'll stick with nurse shark. I'm a swimmer, you know. I like okay. being in the, I like being in the water. I swam in high school, so I'm good in the water. So I'll go nurse shark, and uh, if that means I'm a nurse, well, you get to help some people out. So there you go, out. Steve. Um, I mean, I was kind of thinking carpenter ant because those guys are pretty <laughs> vicious. They'll uh, tear you up if they get a hold of you. But obviously, I think they are going for building being a house uh, yes. architect. Yes. Um, but my kid chose Nurse Shark too because you know he's infatuated he with sharks. <laughs> shark, shark, scream! Shark, shark, scream! <laughs> um, all right. So then we go down to Hoover's class, and she asks, "Do you like the smell of gasoline, French fries, or bank customers?" <laughs> and Lisa chooses bank customers. I'm not a hundred percent sure. To, but to be fair, I, I'm I'm a weird guy. I actually don't mind the smell of gasoline. So I'm going to go with gasoline on this. Wow. Yeah. I mean, I feel like as a kid, there was something about gasoline that I liked too. But uh, nowadays I'm all out. I'm out on that. I uh, literally own a, a, like a push mower. Like a, I don't okay. have much of a yeah. yard. So I just have like the push mower. I don't want to oh, deal wow. with gas. I don't want to deal with the fumes. So <laughs> yeah, I'll stick with French fries. Those are, that's delicious to me. Yeah. I'm so definitely you're... in on French fries. <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you this, walking into a bank, the smell of banks, it just smells like money. It does, yeah, but here's the thing: it's that the, the the question was bank customers. <laughs> that's right. Yeah, yeah okay. to smell the humans, and that's I, I, well, I, I, you know, so there's it's probably a mixed bag, right? Some good, some bad. But yeah. Uh, now yeah. one now one thing about both Bart and Lisa, like I wrote that they chose C because I kind of paused on their test, and, and the bubble yeah. they chose was C. Now on an animator side, because I, I don't know if there, I'm sure there is, especially in the early seasons, that disconnect between the writing staff. And the animators in Korea. Yeah. And so I wonder if the animators are like, okay, they're taking a standardized test. Let's just fill in bubbles. They didn't know exactly. Maybe they didn't know the questions yeah. or what the options were. And they yeah. just happened to <laughs> fill those bubbles in. Um, I know in a couple weeks, we're going to be talking to uh, Wes Archer. Spoilers, I guess. But we're yeah. going to be talking to him. He was actually one of the animators for The Simpsons in these early seasons. So Oops. I think... So I that's think that's going to be a good question for him. Yeah. So then Miss Hoover goes, all right, kids, that's the end of the test. Uh, we have 15 minutes till recess. So just, just to stare ahead. And I feel like <laughs> this has happened. I feel like this has happened to me in elementary school a few times where like we are doing something, we ended early and the teacher would just let us go to recess early. Yeah. It's just like a run out the clock kind of moment. 
and uh yeah or it's just like uh, just hang out like don't just do it just uh don't be too loud or whatever it's like yeah you have to stay in here but uh you know we're not going to do anything uh strict or whatever you just don't make it too much noise we got you know two and a half minutes and you'll be out of here yeah i'm kind of surprised that they didn't take the test just at the end of the day as opposed to in the middle of the day right right yeah. Um, so then, uh, we see security come to take the tests away, which, well, these are highly sensitive documents. Uh, you have to have, uh, armed guards, uh, come take yeah. it and they yeah, take like a Brinks truck. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh, and they have to take the, and they take the test to, uh, the Iowa non-international airport. Yes. Nice. It's, it's, it's not an international airport. They got to be specific about that. I mean, the airport was pretty much in the middle of the country, which are in the middle yeah. of uh, like the country land farmland. So yeah. I, that's all of Iowa. So I still don't know where <laughs> the airport is. No, that's not fair. I've been to Ames. <laughs> Ames is actually a city. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We, uh, we're all, we're all Midwest boys here. Uh, yep. you know, I didn't say at the top, but I'm, uh, I live in, I live in Minneapolis. So, you know, we all, we all can appreciate a good, uh, Iowa joke. Yeah. Um, you know, there, there's jokes for each of our States, you yes. know, it, it's all, it all happens. You know, we are all, we're always dumping on each other all the time. And I actually lived in, in Iowa, like first through third grade down in Des Moines. So, okay. you know, so you I, lived in I, a cornfield. Got exactly. <laughs> I lived right. I lived, uh, my, my parents were corn and they, and they raised me. <laughs> Um, and, uh, so I, I, feel like I can, I can, I can, I'm especially able to, um, you know, joke on, uh, on Iowa, but I got love for, it. I got love for Casey's, uh, you know, the gas station and uh, okay. stuff like that. So yeah, let's go. Ames is cool. It's all good. Iowa, they can handle it. They've heard it all yeah. before. Flyover country, yeah. corn jokes. It's, it's all yeah. there. And so we see a sign as they bring the tests into Iowa. Uh, welcome to Proctorville, Iowa, home of the <laughs> national testing center. Because <laughs> you got to be in an area where you know it's not going to get hit, right? Yes. And Proctor is like the name of like someone who gives a test. Like yes, you Proctor yes. a test. So Proctorville uh, is, is good. Yep. That's and great. now I did Google it. There is not a Proctorville in Iowa, but there is a Proctorville in Ohio. Okay, interesting. I know. I th- I was like, okay, did they take a real city name or did they make this name up? And I, I think, think they make it. I think they made it up because of the Proctor. I know, but to actually have one in exist, there wasn't multiples like Springfield. There are actually <laughs> multiple Springfields throughout the United States. Yeah. So speaking of which, speaking of Springfield, so they drove this to Iowa. No, no, no. Didn't they fly it? Because why else oh, would right. they be they at the airport? airport. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Never mind. Okay. They flew. Doesn't matter where they are. But yeah, they, yeah. they did that. Uh, the thing is, there's so many towns and cities. I bet you could just pull anything out and be like something Ville or uh, yeah. whatever. And be like, yep, that actually exists. So there's, yeah. it's, yeah, it's probably a little bit of a coincidence. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's, lo- there's probably, uh, yeah, there's probably a town name for just about everything these days. Yep. And uh, so the National Testing Center is uh, controlling your destiny since <laughs> 1925. And so I, I didn't look into it. I, I kind of wanted to. I just didn't think about it at the time to look in when standardized testing really came into existence like I this. I gotta feel like the 60s, maybe. I know a lot of shows did stuff like this. I know like that 70s show had yeah. a joke like this. And a lot of other shows I've seen had these type of jokes. But I guess I don't know if it was an early on thing like, oh, let's. You know, I, I think like I feel like in the 20s, 30s, stuff like that, it's like, OK, you're going to be a doctor, lawyer. I mean, jobs didn't yeah. seem as advanced back then. So I feel like whatever your father did, that's kind of what you would end up doing. 
totally yeah that, so that, that's uh that's generally the thing and yeah there's even a joke later on when they're at the dinner table about this right Homer's yep. mad. Nobody <laughs> wants to follow, follow in his footsteps yep um so uh i like how when bart's test goes into the machine it breaks it <laughs> so i i want to know what he put on there that broke the machine everything he just filled you know he just filled in he was you know he's one of those kids that just fills in all the bubbles completely randomly <laughs> Um, but we do like later a, he find gets out... like a normal yeah he gets like a sort yeah. of standard uh, occupation spit out of him it wasn't just like so maybe you know, the machine just broke down itself maybe but <laughs> it, but it is kind of random that it's Bart's test that goes in but yeah. we uh we the the testing machine's name is Emma doesn't no never no acronym was ever given for it but I'm gonna go with it is but we it's watched over by a rube in a wheelchair who pokes it with a broom when it breaks down <laughs> i mean look if it breaks down the first thing you're gonna do is hit it okay and then you're gonna try right. to turn it off and then back on because that's the typical engineering way if something's broken you turn it off and then you turn it back on but first you gotta hit it with a stick Yep, and then the front of the last thing about the computer is the front of the machine actually is configured to look like a face. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah, because you know humans, you know, like making their machines look like other humans. Yeah, it's friendly. Yep. Yep. And so we cut back to the counselor's office, and we saw this way back when uh, when Bart became a genius. Yes. Uh, Bart and Bart the genius. Um, there are pictures of Albert Einstein and Sigmund Freud behind the school counselor. And that hasn't changed, so nope. a little bit of counselor continuity there. I like it. Um, and so, <laughs> I, I like how I was like, yeah, we're scientifically choosing everyone's career. And uh, Janie is going to be an architect. Ralph is a salmon gutter. <laughs> so, I, like, this cuts up salmon. Okay, cause I just could not understand the counselor. I'm glad I, I had to rewind it, like, four or five times to understand what he was saying. Because I just gave up. I'm like, okay, Ralph something. <laughs> I don't know what he is. But I could see Ralph being a salmon gutter. Yeah. If he can even get that right. As we see later on, he's eating paste. Yes. Uh, uh, Millhouse, military strongman. Now, God, I just, I mean, with how much Millhouse gets bullied, I just can't. Well, maybe he gets bullied to the point where he's like, okay, I'm going to go into the military. And I'm gonna buff up so nobody makes fun of me anymore. Maybe. Yeah, yeah. I could see it. I think I could see that uh, that being the turn sometime in his life. You know, it's uh, sometimes that's how it goes. It's like, yeah, you, you get picked on, and you're this scrawny kid until you're not. You know, until uh, things things turn around for you or whatever. So, maybe well, look at so. look at Steve Rogers, man. Oh wow! There you go. <laughs> exactly. Uh, so Martin got exactly what he wanted uh, to be a systems analyst. Of course. <laughs> I like how he's just, he's kind of like Harry Potter, like, like Gryffindor, Gryffindor, yes. or not Slytherin, and, and he gets exactly what he wants. And Lisa, oddly enough, homemaker. And I and, and I was going to say, man, I bet every girl got that as the but, joke, but obviously yeah. Janie did not get that. So, And then Bart, police officer. So question for you guys. Uh, if you weren't in your current line of work, what would you be doing instead? Or, or here, even okay, we could do that, or even better, what as a you know ten year old or even Lisa eight year old, what did you want to be when you grew up? Oh, I like that question better. Uh, wow. Neil, I'll let you go first. 
Well, yeah, if so, um, so yeah, I am, I'm in a band for a living, but I went to school to like, uh, sort of related, I went to school like for, a mu- I have a music industry degree, um, okay. so I thought I would be, you know, kind of working at a venue or like managing bands or something like that, or working at a record label or something like that, so I feel like that's still what I would do if I'm not <laughs> doing this right now. I never thought I'd be, you know, on stage with a mic in my hand, really. I'm, I'm a drummer, so I'm supposed to be in the back of the room. Um, <laughs> So uh, it's still pretty weird for me to be in the front, but um, so I think I would still be in the music industry. I would just okay. be, uh, I would just be, you know, working at the venue, booking bands or something like that. And then as a kid, uh, I probably, you know, I didn't really know. To, I didn't really sweat that so much. I didn't really have okay. like a strong idea, um, but I always really liked music, and um, I always liked sports. And I played basketball, and I'm pretty tall, so I don't know. <laughs> I, pr- I probably dreamed of being a pro basketball player, you know, playing in the NBA or something like that. Nice. Yeah, I was kind of in the same boat as a 10-year-old. I definitely, uh, I love baseball. I played baseball for a little bit. uh, So I feel like if I could have made it, I would have tried to make it as a professional baseball player as a 10-year-old. Now, as an adult, if I wasn't, I I work at a TV station for any new listeners out there. Nice. Uh, If I didn't work in television, um, I think... I honestly don't know. I think I'd probably still be kind of working maybe in the same area. Uh, part of me wishes I had gone into computer science and maybe be in IT, so maybe do something in IT. So you, yeah. were, you, you were the one sitting there saying, systems analyst, systems analyst, <laughs> systems analyst. Yeah. See, growing up, see, the weirdest thing I, I tell you, maybe it was just my love of Legos, but growing up, I actually wanted to be an architect. Okay. Like, I don't, I don't know what it was. I'm really good at math. I, I, I just liked buildings. I like seeing things being built. I kind of had really good ideas. Funny thing was I was never really artistic, so I don't even know how I would draw <laughs> blueprints or anything, but that, that wouldn't have been my job. I'd make someone else do that. That's, um, that's what the schooling's for. You, know? yes. you, you figure that out down the line. But yeah, you know, architect also just sounds cool. It's a cool, like, yeah. uh, it's a cool word. You Ted know, Mosby, I, I architect. Architect. <laughs> architect. Perfect uh, but if I wasn't if I wasn't uh, doing what I am now, which is a uh, system designers for home theaters, um, I still would love to do it. Is being on uh, TV and film crews. Um, I've been on quite a few of them across the last uh, I don't know ten years, um, working as a PA and uh, doing some extra work and uh, acting and stuff like that. And I still would love to do it. Um, so if I ever, uh, you know, get that right audition or meet the right person that, you know, needs someone permanently on their crew or with their production company, I could see myself taking over that. There we go. And we just have to remember, you know, not to skip ahead, but the lesson sort of being like, Hey, you don't have to, you don't have to do what they, uh, what they tell you, you know, you can, uh, you can do whatever you want. So, uh, we just have to remember this moment, you guys, and think back whenever our current (laughs) stuff doesn't work out, like what we're going to pivot to and we can do that too. There we go. All right. So I like how, uh, uh, the counselor tells Bart (laughs) that, uh, he's like, well, maybe I could set up a ride along with, you know, and you could, uh, and Bart's like, Dude, I don't need guy tells the counselors I don't need uh, your help to get in the back of a police car. <laughs> oh my god! Well, Bart Bart's that uh, daredevil attitude uh, troublemaker kid. Of course, he doesn't need the counselor's help. Yeah, he'll do it all on his own. Probably not the way he wants, but he could do it on his own. I do also like the fact that in the scene, Bart was like, "Man, I thought I'd be a drifter," and then he like imagines himself, and the scene is similar to. 
a scene in the film of, well, not the scene in, uh, in first blood, which is the first Rambo movie. Uh, but it kind of a general, what first blood is about kind of deal where he's talking about, Oh, the sheriff kicked me out of town cause he doesn't like me. So that <laughs> is a reference to first blood. Nice. Nice. So, um, we, uh, we go back to the Simpsons household and Bart and Lisa are telling Marge and Homer what they want to, you know, what they got. And Bart tells, tells them, oh yeah, he's going to be a police officer. And Homer starts choking <laughs> on his food. To be perfectly honest though, if I'm Homer, I think I'd be thrilled if Bart was a cop because of all the illegal stuff that Homer does throughout his life. Yeah. yeah plus it's a, you know, it's a government gig. I mean, uh, mm. you know, you get that insurance and stuff like that. So, Hey, I mean, yeah, but, uh, like we said, you know, Bart could just as easily have been a drifter. So any job is a good job, I guess, for, yeah. uh, for this kid. Yeah. So then we learned that Homer was too heavy for the army and too dumb to be a police officer. However, in future episodes, we see Homer get into the army or there's a, there's uh, an episode where he is in the army. I don't know if it's a, if it's current timeline or past him. And there's also an episode, I believe it's in like the 20, like in season 20 through 29, one of those seasons where he's also a police officer and he does a better job than police chief Wiggum. Well, so, anyone can do a better job than police chief true. Wiggum. <laughs> but the fact that he still got those jobs and this line exists, I kind of wonder Going back to when we started this, I talked about Simpsons and continuity, where if maybe they're like, eh, we don't care anymore, we're going to do it anyways. Yeah, we'll have to circle back on that. We'll put a pin in it. Yeah. So Lisa, you know, they go to a music store and Lisa tells the guy he wants, she wants to be a jazz saxophone player. Well, at the table, at the table, she's like, well, I'm going to be a famous jazz musician. I've got it all figured out. I'll be unappreciated in my own country. But my gutsy blues stylings will electrify the French. I'll avoid the horrors of drug abuse, but I do plan to have several torrid love affairs. And I may or may not die young. I haven't decided. Uh, so so as a as a musician, Neil, uh did did you kinda think think like that or did you have wow, another yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was uh it was yeah, I mean, we yeah, we were in rock band. Brian and I were in rock band before this, but yeah, I didn't really. Again, it, this this whole you know cuckoo kangaroo thing kind of came out of nowhere, and it really took off in a big way that we didn't really see. You know, it was kind of supposed to be a a joke band on the side, and uh, <laughs> you know, definitely not the main focus. But uh, that's how life goes, and that's uh, you know the, the, sometimes the most unexpected thing uh, ends up being the the thing that pops off. So, um, but yeah, I, I, it's it's funny. It kind of reminds me just of. Again, going back to like Spinal Tap and stuff, and sort of like the tropes of, of rock and roll lifestyle and all that, all those uh, <laughs> all those things. But yes, Lisa's Lisa's very uh, you know verbose for her age. Obviously, it's very funny that she you know already has kind of uh, those <laughs> those ideas in her head. She's you know wise beyond her years and knows more than a little kid should know about yeah some of the yeah. some of the, the dark side of uh, being a musician or whatever. So it's that's uh, that's pretty funny. So then Homer Homer asks if anybody wants to follow in his footsteps and everybody just kind of looks away. And then in the distance, we hear a, co- a coyote howling. Because, you know, you know I, I thought it, it's, the, it's the crickets effect. I, yes, I, I kind of thought it was weird that there wasn't crickets, but coyote howling just just signifies but as, the point. But as, as, as we feel, the Simpsons live in Utah. Yes, so, so coyote sure is. Blood. Yeah. Yeah, coyote. So now we go to Little Ludwig's Music School. 
Uh, and we learned that Lisa can't be a saxophone player, according to the guy running the shop. Yeah, so the, because she has stubby fingers. Yeah, so the so the teacher uh, the teacher at the store is like, I'll be frank with you, Lisa. And when I say frank, I mean you know devastating. You're inherit you inherited a finger condition known as stubbiness. It usually comes from the father's side. And then we cut to Homer trying to hold a beer, <laughs> which is weird because we see Homer hold beer all the time. But I guess we don't see him ever drop. I mean, granted, we don't see him drop it, but who knows, man? How many beers do you think he goes through? <laughs> it's true. Well, he is also an alcoholic. Yeah. So um, so then uh, we cut back to the Simpsons house and uh, Lou and Eddie show up and Homer freaks out and he's like, <laughs> I didn't know. I didn't know the copper wire was, uh, it was just abandoned. I took the copper wire here, have it back. And they're like, no, no, no. And Bart like, you know, comes out and tells them that, uh, you know, they're going for the ride along and we go across the street to Mrs. Glick, which I believe this might be her final appearance as a speaking part. I'm not a hundred percent sure. We'll have to put a pin in that. Um, where she goes, it's about time that he gets arrested. <laughs> Which nice. I mean, it's Bart. I'm not. I wouldn't be shocked either seeing him get into the back of a cop car. <laughs> so then we get the ride along, and uh, Bart asks asks uh, Lou and Eddie what it's like to be a cop at cops. And as they're driving, we uh, they drive by the Who's to Know Motel, where they tell Bart that Mayor <laughs> Quimby is. Uh, pulling the electorate <laughs> um, and the license plate on his car reads, I rule you because he's a mayor. So he rules yeah. people. So yeah, that's, I mean, man, that, that innuendo Whew. Simpsons. It's a great one. Uh, that's fantastic. And then uh, we see uh, Mel rollerblading by with his dog. And I love how uh, Eddie is like, Man, all the weird ones come out at night. Yeah. yeah. Which, how is that weird? He's just rollerblading, walking his dog. It's Sideshow <laughs> Mel. Everybody knows who Sideshow Mel is. Yeah. But yeah, so I, one other thing during during the ride-along, uh, Bart's like, hey, fellas, let's go shoot some bad guys. <laughs> and, and Lou just starts talking. He's like, well, it doesn't quite work like that, son. And Eddie's like, people see the movies like McBain and think that it's all about bang, bang, shoot them up, and cops and robbers. Which I, to be fair, I think as a ten-year-old, I mean, I even without movies, I think that's kind of what we yeah, kind of thought of cops. I think so. Um, and, and so we cut back to Lisa's room, and uh, she's writing in her journal, you know, for the last time because, you know, a journal was for her hopes and dreams, and now she doesn't have any. <laughs> and mm-hmm. and this is really the first time we see lisa change her mentality with life like there are certain times throughout the simpsons that we see lisa you know go through kind of i wouldn't say like a child crisis or a midlife you know (laughs) mid kid crisis or something um but i mean this is a really good you know way to see a little bit more depth in lisa and a little bit more of her mentality and yeah, that's kind of where it ends. And then we cut back to as the cops drive by, Snake is robbing the Quickie Mart as they drive by. Yep. And I like how they just didn't really notice. Like they no. just rolled well, by the... the cops in Springfield are incompetent. Yep. <laughs> um, and so Snake cuts off the cops as, you know, and he leaves the Quickie Mart after robbing and he cuts the cops off. That's the only reason yep. they, they got caught. And we do know that criminals in Springfield are just as dumb because when uh, Homer Homer Defined episode where we saw uh, Police Chief Wiggum in the bank 
and the yeah. guy that was robbing the bank backed up into Quimby and he dropped the jar of pennies that he had on his head. Yeah. So so we all know the criminals in Springfield are probably just as dumb as the cops are. Yep. Um, and so Eddie calls uh, dispatch and he's like, uh, one ocean tango. <laughs> we are in pursuit of a speeding individual driving a red car. <laughs> <laughs> License number. Um, eggplant. eggplant, Xerxes, crybaby, overbite, narwhal. <laughs> Which reads ex-con. Now, the thing is, in standard police language and milit- and even in the military, this is somewhat correct. However, I did look up the, it is called the NATO phonetic alphabet. So in, in the real world, uh, Eddie would have said Echo, X-Ray, Charlie, Oscar, November. Because that's yeah. how they usually speak in the real world. So I, I kind of like the fact that they use different words, though. I like that. Yeah, either either it's like this is how they do it in Springfield, or again, yep. it's just like a it's just like a bad like stupid cop joke, right? Yeah. Just like they're just saying these different words yeah. that aren't close to the normal ones. But I think they're just it's just an excuse to put in some silly words in there, and yeah. they're all they're all very funny. I mean, overbite especially is great. Yeah, but to be fair, every time we try to spell our names to people over uh, telephone. <laughs> We uh, never use the actual NATO phonic. You're right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, we're, we're never taught it. Word. I mean, yeah, I mean, you're taught. I mean, you're I mean, if you if you go into be like police or army or whatever, I'm sure they teach that to you. But like as regular citizens of the United States, uh, I, unless you seek it out on your own, you're probably not going to know. No. Yeah. You just say the first thing that comes to your mind. You're just like D as in dog. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Um, so Snake uh, kind of gets into the alley, and we learn that Snake stole uh, the cash register and a box of lottery tickets. Which, yeah, uh, I mean, man, that's pretty brazen to steal the entire cash register. <laughs> I mean, I feel like Apu has, you know, been robbed enough <laughs> times to just put the money in the sack, but yeah, this time he was, you know, in a big hurry. And uh, as uh, Snake tries to floor it to get out of the alley, <laughs> we look at his gas pedal, and it's a foot. Man, that would be awesome to have in my car. By the way, does anybody know the name of Snake's car? No. Lucille? No. No. Little Bandit. Oh. <laughs> it's the first appearance of Snake's car. It is. And inside Snake's car, for those of you that didn't notice, there's a tiny skull hanging from a chain in Snake's rearview mirror. Yep. So that's pretty cool. Um, and I like how we cut back to a poo and we see snake tied up with nylon rope. He's like, Oh, this is really nice. It rubs my skin in the right way. <laughs> like I mean, at least he's appreciating being tied up with good rope instead of like itchy rope. Yeah, I yeah, guess. Again, again, just another joke of how often it happens. Yeah. Yes. And, uh, we see that Springfield is actually pretty hilly. Um, I, I don't know if that was more of a speed chase joke, like a cop chase joke. I believe it was. Well, you also uh... see during the speed chase, um, if you watch really closely as we, we all should be doing, um, you see a hubcap fly off of snake's car, which is a, a, a pretty big trope in a lot of chase scenes in movies where a hubcap just flies off as they're, uh, they're driving around. Yeah, we're getting lots of uh, Dukes of Hazard here. I think that's kind of the idea. Although maybe that's the opposite where they're going up the hills. I can't really remember. Yeah. But yeah, definitely just a, a trope, cop, cop movie trope. Yep. And uh, I like how <laughs> they make a guy swerve into a milk truck tanker and it <laughs> explodes. explodes yeah. Cause... So 
Yeah. Uh, to be fair, so Mythbusters actually did uh, the myth, because you see in a lot of movies where like a car falls off a cliff and it just explodes. Mm-hmm. Um, and Mythbusters proves that that's a myth. You would need a lot of oxygen and it, it just it takes so much for a car to explode. So obviously they're making fun of, you know, cop movie chase tropes where, oh yeah, a guy crashed and exploded. But... That is a myth. Unless, of course, I guess maybe if you crash into an oil tanker. Yeah, that might uh, that might blow. Not a milk truck, unfortunately. Not a milk truck. Um, so now they get trapped in the alley, <laughs> and uh, they give Bart a gun to cover them. Which, which goes- it, yes, it's against every regulation known to man. <laughs> but, hey, to be fair, they don't want to get shot by snakes, so... That's true. Um, but I like how he runs out of bullets and then throws it. <laughs> because <laughs> he's a 10 year old i can't imagine how hard he can throw a gun that probably weighs a decent amount yeah, maybe um and then i like how snake just like he notices so snake drives at him and we get a be- to be continued tag which <laughs> i mean for the simpsons that is kind of odd i mean i think yeah, there, I, I, I mean I, I, don't, I don't see i mean you guys would know but i feel like that's super i mean they, i feel like there are lots of part twos but it's after the full run of the show right it's like 20 yeah. minutes in or whatever like to be like in the second you know at break or whatever like i don't know did that, how many other times does that happen they, I, I don't think it happens a lot i feel like this this to be continued tag is also making nothing. fun yeah. of you know things that do that yeah, some action movie, or it's really more of an action TV show, I guess. Yeah, again, yeah. Dukes of Hazard or like Hawaii Five O or something like that, where it's like, yeah, and especially just like the way it pauses right in the scene, yeah. like you know, right when the you know action's about to hit or whatever, it doesn't like it doesn't like cut to black, it like freezes on the thing, like yeah, that's that's very tropey. Yeah. yeah. So then uh, we come back from our commercial break and we get Act Two. Death drives a stick. Uh, I, I love that. That's fantastic. Maybe that's why they had to do it. They just had this joke yeah. of like, that's that line. We need to get yeah. the act to death drives a stick in. So it's like, all right, the only way to do it. We got to, we got to, you know, we got to freeze frame and make a part two. Yeah. Yep. Um, and then we see as where Bart is standing, snake drives down the alley and it becomes narrow and narrower until uh, it stops snakes car from hitting Bart. And he kind of goes out the windshield, which I feel like snake should, probably be dead depending on how fast he was going if he's going fast enough to crash through the windshield i'm pretty sure he's seriously hurt um but uh i love the fact that chief wiggum goes you just bought your yourself a lottery ticket to jail and that he's like he's unconscious sir yeah they can still hear it (laughs) which to be fair people in people in covas can sometimes hear the outside world so i mean if if you're knocked unconscious, who knows? Maybe maybe you could hear it. Um, and then Wiggum, you know, praises Bart for helping out. And he gets uh, to be an honorary police officer through getting Eddie's badge. <laughs> it's like, Eddie, give me your badge. <laughs> yeah. So then we see, uh, we cut back to uh, the Simpsons household. It's the next morning. And Lisa's all depressed. And... Marge is like, oh, you know, it's fun to be a homemaker. You can make silly things for breakfast. And she makes like a smiley face face with eggs and bacon and all this. And I'd like to point out this is kind of the arc in the the episode where we see like Bart becoming a good kid and Lisa becoming a bad kid. Like this is kind of the nexus, which is they've done this a few times throughout the Simpsons history where, you know, Lisa becomes cooler than Bart and Bart becomes like a nerd kind of trope 
Um, so then uh, Lisa goes, yeah, I bet Homer and Bart won't even notice it. And sure enough, Homer and Bart come in. They eat, they eat really fast and they miss, you know, the meal. And Marge is disgruntled by it, which to be fair, she should be. She probably slaved over a hot stove to make a breakfast and they're not appreciative of it. Yeah. So and Bart still kind of has her daughter just like, you know, her daughter just really pointed it out. Right. Her yeah. daughter called it. That's the other disappointing part. It's like, oh, yeah, you, you called this. <laughs> so then we go up to Bart's. Uh, actually, I think it was the playroom where Bart is fingerprinting Maggie. And yeah. he, goes, okay. he goes, all right, ma'am, you're free to go. And as she's crawling away, you just see the tiny little baby prints from the from the ink that he uses to fingerprint her which i i think that's great because i've actually i don't know if you guys have been fingerprinted but i have been fingerprinted but not for anything illegal i didn't do anything illegal it was uh for boy uh, scouts sure it was for boy scouts uh-huh. <laughs> i believe you <laughs> as he yeah. said sarcastically yeah so then we go down the stairs and uh, Marge is uh, yelling at the dog, calling him a bad boy for eating a cake that she left out. And to be fair, <laughs> if he had eaten the cake, he probably would have been in serious trouble because obviously, as we all know, dogs shouldn't eat chocolate. And Bart comes down and uh, busts Homer for eating the cake because he took pictures of Homer taking it. And somehow, some way in the, in the photographs, there's a picture of him taking a picture of his butt. Well, yeah, it's Bart. Of course he's yeah. going to. Well, he's, I love how he's like, his own butt before. I love how he's like, I don't know how that got in there. But you know what's funny? We all know that Bart is a good photographer, though. And I bet, I bet you he still has his spy camera. Oh, yeah. I bet that's what he was using. Probably. Um, so then uh, we find out Lisa, uh, she's in her room. She's not really doing much. And we learn that she decided to quit the bat band that she was in. Well. School, school band. band, yeah. And she starts talking back to March, which, I mean, as as pointed out earlier, her and Bart are kind of switching roles here. Um, and so Marge is like, well, you know, you can be anything. Uh, she was like, Marge tells Lisa a story about how she wanted to be an astronaut on the moon and how there's going to be cities on the moon. And Marge is like, well, I was right about female astronauts, just not cities on the moon. Which <laughs> Marge is right. There are female astronauts. Yeah, too bad Marge uh, didn't fulfill her dream of being an astronaut. Homer Homer a... fulfilled her dream. Yeah. Well, don't forget, Marge is afraid of flying anyways. Yeah, but we don't know that yet. That is true. <laughs> so did your, did, so I guess, Neil, did, did your mom do what she wanted to do? Yeah, I mean, that's a good question. I mean, I think, uh, I, I don't, um, you know, I don't, I never, she's never really told me, like, if she's had, like, a bigger, you know, sort of idea, you know, I guess it was always, you know, again, I think, like, uh, it, it is, I feel like this joke, I mean, it's 92, um, so I think it's, it, it is, again, like, a lot of Simpsons things, like, very forward-thinking kind of very subversive for the time of sort of like making a joke of just like oh uh you know you know making a homemaker or whatever is like what girls get assigned or whatever and um you know and that's kind of the thing here it's not enough for lisa but you know marge loves it or whatever and so yeah i think that was like common of a lot of like parents at the time and stuff like that of like you know it's just like that was cool and and still is like don't get me wrong i'm not saying like that's lame if that's all you do or whatever like you know having kids and raising a family is obviously great but you know if you have other dreams the idea is like you can do more than that if you want to so um but yeah i think i, I think of my mom is yeah she, she just sort of <laughs> bounced back and forth between working and not based on like what the family needed or based on like what the kids needed or you know that kind of thing so you know i think she's always been happy but i don't know that she ever 
you know, really, you know, had a bigger thing. Maybe, maybe I, this is, uh, this is making me think I should ask that question. I'd be like, mom, I was on the Simpsons podcast. I know you didn't love when I watched the Simpsons when I was a kid, but guess what? It's got me thinking deeper. The, the, the nice gentleman who hosted asked me a question that made me think about you. So she would love that. So, yeah. um, yeah. I'll, uh, have to get back to you on that one specifically. So perfect. Well, I'll, I, I, I mean, I know for our mom, uh, cause I've talked to her about this on numerous occasions that she wanted to be a nurse uh however she couldn't handle the sight of lots of blood so she didn't become a nurse because of that i don't know what her other hopes and dreams were but uh she taught for uh, about 15 years and she enjoyed that so nice you know not like miss scrubapple i'll tell you that much (laughs) not like miss scrubapple she's Uh, upset Oh, um, yep. And so we cut back to the school, and this is our first instance. And, I'm, and I, I have to imagine <laughs> I like the, only. the only one until we actually get, uh, God, this was probably season 15 or 16 when we get the con artist that paints yeah. the mural. But we learn that the school mascot is a puma, and their like slogan is Puma Pride. And it, it's so weird to think about because I haven't seen this particular episode in forever. I almost uh, literally almost forgot about it. And. Just to see that reference to something that of an episode that I actually do remember, yeah, it, it just seems so so weird. I, and and that and the fact that Principal Skinner is actually still, you know, really hyped on the mascot. <laughs> yeah, he loves my it. Only, my only problem with it is uh, I feel like it's weird how he says. Puma, he's like Puma. Puma. <laughs> and, uh, you know, maybe, uh, you know, I guess we should assume that they uh, double check this and maybe that's actually how you're supposed to say it. But I've never really heard anybody else say it like that, right? You just Puma. Puma, you know, Puma. like P-O-O. Like, I don't know, I guess like the brand, like the shoe brand Puma or whatever. It's like they always say it like that. But he, yeah, Skinner is like Puma. Oh, this beautiful Puma, you know. <laughs> yeah, I Skinner's weird, though. Right. I'm he sure got he's, own, he's got his own quirks. Yep. And so we see Lisa going into the bad girls bathroom, which I for don't an elementary for an elementary school. And, and they were fifth grade girls. Yep. Um, And one of the fifth grade girls, I think this was like the theme of the episode is they were wearing skull earrings. Kind of. Yeah. Maybe tailored. she's Snake's daughter. Ooh, good call. I didn't even think of that. I guess I don't know if Snake has any family. I think he has a baby like down the line, but. Yeah, maybe. So did you guys have a, a bad bathroom in your elementary or middle school? Uh, elementary, no. Middle school, maybe. Now, Steve, you and I went to the same school, so I don't know when you were in school if they had those kind of things. But, but I wasn't a bad kid, so I don't know if they had a bad, bad bathroom. Okay. I, I, I don't know either. I don't think so. Yeah, I don't I didn't have I didn't have anything like that either. Maybe I was just uh maybe I was just too oblivious to it, you know, I was too naive and thought all the, you know, all the bathrooms are good. I mean, I feel like I can't in high school in high, but this was until high school, you know, yeah. elementary school, middle school, you know, no way, but like yeah, I remember there was one high school bathroom that maybe, you know, smelled a little bit more like cigarette smoke than the others, but uh that's about it. That's as far as I can go with that one. Gotcha. Uh, so I, I like how Lisa gets all upset and, uh, actually, you know, destroys the Puma, like go, does a Bart thing and, do, and destroys the Puma and Skinner's like, I saw some awful things in Nam, but you really have to wonder at the mentality that would, uh, desecrate a helpless Puma. I never thought I'd say this, Puma. Oh, Puma. <laughs> but the, but the, but the no good Nicks rule this school. 
And to be fair, Principal Skinner is, uh, I would sort of say, a horrible principal and yes. literally has no control over the students that are in it. I mean, there's bullying, there's um, poor test scores, uh, the teachers just don't want to, you know, teach, or I guess maybe they try to teach and then yeah, have kids. <laughs> he's barely holding things together over there. No. Yeah. Not at all. And so he's like, he kind of wants a half day. Like, he's yeah. so sad that he wants to take a half day for uh, for the Puma. And so yep. um, Bart, on his cop uh, cop trip, uh, has Willie arrested for burning leaves in the, in the schoolyard, which, I mean, to be fair, that is a fire hazard. You probably shouldn't be burning leaves on school property, just no. on the lawn. And so Skinner decides to make Bart a uh, hall monitor. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Bart's like, you know, it's quite simple, really. I observed our friend groundskeeper Willie burning leaves with a blatant disregard for our cl- uh, for our clean air laws. Which, man, I it's, yeah. it's funny Bart knows clean air laws, but yep. sure. And this, then, is the, this is in the town with its with its own tire fire. fire. Yeah, and a nuclear power plant. So yeah. come on, I guess that's why you need the laws. You got to turn this yes. place around. Yep. And you know, Skinner's like Bart Simpson on the side of lo- law and order. Has the world gone tipsy turvy? <laughs> and Bart's like, "That's right, man. I got my first taste of authority, and I liked it." <laughs> that's not surprising. I feel like Bart definitely has uh, characteristics of a future dictator. Yeah. I mean, he is, I mean, it's funny, not until really, you know, a little bit later on where he becomes more of a bully, but, you know, of an authority figure, he kind of, you know, does have some mentality of that, I think. I yeah. think that's an interesting, maybe, com- commonality of, uh, you know, other people who maybe become police again, you know, kind of talking about the type of people who maybe become cops or whatever. Maybe they were, you know, I don't know, they, they like being in charge. They kind of maybe, maybe too much like being in charge. You know, they're, they take it, they take it too far because, uh, oh, I'm the big, I'm the big guy, tough guy with the badge and all that stuff. Right. So I feel like in some ways that is maybe sort of a look into, you know, sort of the mindset of someone who goes into this kind of work is, you know, someone who really, really likes it. Uh, you know, running the show and is, you know has authority issues. They have to be in charge and that kind of stuff. And uh, yeah, so I think that's that's uh, kind of probably a common sentiment. Yeah. yeah. And so Bart decides to make uh, or Skinner decides to make Bart the hall monitor because hey, and Bart kind of like he's kind of weary at first. Like he's yeah. like, well, I got to rat a on. Sash. But you get a sash. He doesn't want to rat on his on his friends, but. You know, you get a sash, so why not? And so we kind of see, you know, Bart daydreaming. He's like, he's on the stand, has the blue, like, you know, uh, anonymous face. Yep. And we hear a witness voice altered to sound like Steve Allen. So funny. And it actually is Steve Allen guest starring. Gosh, I love this. It's just. It's just like such a such an this is a, such a different voice, such a funny like yeah. very professional voiceover style, clean voice uh, going there. And then uh, what's the last thing he says? He says something like what, his like last line before he's not. Oh, I caramba! I caramba! Yeah, just like in his yeah. normal voice. That's really funny. Yep. Yeah. He, that's that was a great cameo for uh, for Steve Allen. Yeah. And so now we kind of get Bart, you know, walking around the school, being the hall monitor. He's like Bart asks Jimbo if he's keeping his nose clean. Uh, Bart uh, monitors the water fountain outside on the school yeah. ground. Um, Keep or, moving. Keep or, moving. Or Bubbler to make people angry. Yes. Uh, <laughs> Bubbler is the brand. Water fountain is the thing. Yes. Now I know. 
Uh, so uh, Homer and Marge uh, discuss um, the kids in bed. <laughs> and he's always like, yeah, uh, Bar- you know, Bart uh, wants to be a cop. Lisa is like, and Homer completely forgets about Maggie. Yep. You know, they're just, you know, he completely doesn't realize he has uh, three kids. Three kids. And, and actually, funny enough, I don't know if either of you have seen the episode that just aired this past Sunday. Nope. But they do make that joke again. Like, Homer oh completely God. forgetting that Maggie exists. Uh, interesting. So it's kind of a, kind of a, I, I would have to say a, issue? a reoccurring issue for, for Homer throughout. Uh, well, as we learned later on in life, he has a crayon shoved up his brain. Yeah. So that, <laughs> uh, that might cause some of it. Um, so we cut back to the school and Miss Hoover, you know, she is, you know, telling people how to put glue and glitter on <laughs> on their uh, pieces of paper. We cut to Ralph and he's eating paste. And I think yep. this is one of a few times where he actually cut to Ralph yeah, eating the paste. I think he does it like three or four times throughout the series. Um, I mean, he's he's a paste eater. He is. And but and I think his lines are funnier than his actions sometimes. But to be fair, which one of us has never actually at least tasted glue at least once? You gotta uh, find out. You gotta know what, what the what the fuss is all about. Exactly. And it's not toxic, so it's it's okay. Oh, it's okay. What about a glue stick that looks like a uh, what were what are those what were those things? Push pops. Oh, the push the pur- pops. The purple glue, oh, the purple stick yeah. glue that looks like a push pop. Maybe they should stop I've never making heard of that a mistake, but I'm, I'm sure it's happened. <laughs> yes. They should make make uh well it's kind of like the markers that smell like things. They got to stop making yes. kids. Uh, yeah. They got to stop making kids things because they're just going to try and taste them or eat them because they smell good or or look they like They smell edible. They smell like food, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so maybe maybe Ralph is in the clear on this one. Yeah. Um and so, you know, uh Miss Hoover tries to tell Lisa that she needs to use more, uh, put it more. She's not putting enough sprinkles on her paste. And Lisa tells Miss Hoover to shove it. Mm. Uh, have you guys ever told a teacher to shove it? Um, oh, no, 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 I can't. Never, I, I don't ever. think so. Um, I did get sent to the principal's office once in high school for telling another kid to, uh, F off. And my teacher did Ooh. not like that, but unfortunately I didn't get to tell the teacher to F off, but that's probably a good thing. Yeah, probably. And so we cut to Lisa back in the uh, bathroom with the girls, and uh, well, you missed you missed her going to Skinner's office. Oh right, sorry, my bad. Yeah. Um. So yeah, so she tells Lisa to go to Skinner's office, and and we actually get a movie moment here. So when Principal Skinner asks Lisa what she is rebelling against, she answers, "What do you got?" What do you got? As uh, Marlon Brando did in The Wild One. Never saw oh, it. All right, I've never seen no. it. Have you seen it, Neil? No, no, I didn't. No. Uh, this reference flew right over my head. Okay. Uh, so so I, the funny thing that we like to mention is the spring, uh, the Simpsons writers are <laughs> definitely from it. an older time. <laughs> right. And so they love these older references. Um, and uh, apparently she even, she had a toothpick in her mouth and that was yep. the same thing as uh, Marlon Brando did in, in the movie. She had a toothpick. I feel like Marlon Brando has a toothpick in his mouth in like almost every movie he did. <laughs> Maybe it's just uh, part of his mouth. Maybe. Um, and so we get to uh, Lisa going into the bathroom and the tough fifth graders are back in there and they're smoking Laramie Jr. cigarettes. <laughs> uh, uh, well, like, I mean, they got to be made for kids. Well, yeah, this is in an era where kids are definitely smoking uh, yeah. cigarettes a lot. 
We had, uh, we had, or no, I thought it was, uh, I was thinking back to the music school, and it's Little Ludwig's. It's not uh, Ludwig Jr. Uh, or whatever. So I thought there's maybe two junior jokes, but no, uh, only one. Uh, no, only one. Uh, only but one. I like how they offer Lisa a cigarette. She's like, well, I'm just going to go smoke it in class. And the girls, Ooh. like, look at her all like, whoa, I didn't even think of doing that. Wow, you're more hardcore than we are. <laughs> Which is kind of crazy for Lisa, man. I, I would have yeah. continued that. Yeah, this, yep. is, this is a trip. Yep. And so I this is this is probably one of my favorite scenes in the entire uh, episode. So that Bart gets to go into the uh, seized property room at the school, which I, I made it look like a uh, police evidence locker. Correct. Um, and Skinner's like, well, we've confiscated all these things over the years. Um, here, why don't you choose one? And <laughs> Bart decides to choose the crossbow. So I actually was curious about this scene because obviously I think at one point we've all had something at least confiscated from a teacher. By law, they are not allowed to confiscate items and keep them unless they are drugs or drug or weapon related. Otherwise, it is theft. And it is against the law and your constitutional rights. <laughs> but as we, as we learn later in the episode, what's the law ever done for you these days? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what's yep. the law done for you lately? So uh, after Bart chooses the crossbow, we get a spinny fourth gradient headline that says food fight foiled fish sticks seized. So, <laughs> hey, to be fair, fish sticks are probably a great way to, to have a food fight because they're probably really easy to throw. Oh, they're yeah. like stick form. That's right. Um, and then uh, we get Barton Skinner kind of doing detective work on a note that Nelson uh, forged, claiming he had leprosy. <laughs> like, I think I think it probably the signs of leprosy would be clear unless he like covered it his entire body. Yeah. And then we get probably the greatest joke in this entire episode because I have the humor of a fifth grader. Um, there. Uh, Principal Skinner brings back Mr. Glasscock to the to the school because he left the profession because kids were making fun of his name. Gee, I wonder why. Um, so uh, did you did yeah. you guys did Neil, did you have a teacher uh, in your school that you, you just you just had a laugh? Wow. I'm trying to think back if there's any really hilarious ones. I, I can't really think of any. I never, I never had one that was even close to something like that. I can't think of it. Did you guys, did you guys have one? I can't think of anything off the we top. We weren't so of my lucky. Head. We weren't so lucky to have a very jokeable, uh, a jokeable name right there. You know. But for, see, he should. Teachers. But he should have been more like Mr. Bergstrom, where he was, where he enjoyed his name. Like, like yes. Mr. Bergstrom was like, you could call me Mr. Boogerstrom. Yes. Oh, like he, yeah, you just lean into it. You just got to yeah. lean into it and take it because, hey, I mean, you didn't choose your last name. I yeah. guess your parents decided to choose their last name, but yeah. or it was just given to them. But you got to You got to you can't just let kids uh, get over you. I feel uh, like um, I feel like, the, you know, maybe, you know, these days, Mr. Glasscock would just be Mr. G. You know, yeah. and, and you know they're only second graders or or whatever. I guess we don't know what grade he teaches, but uh, you know maybe an older, you know, middle school, high school. Especially these days, you can just look it up online and find it uh -huh. out. But back in '92, if you just had a single initial for your teacher name, they might never know. You know, maybe the parents yeah. would know, but as long as the parents didn't tell you what your teacher's real last name was, you could go the whole year maybe without knowing what their last name was. Oh yeah. yeah. 
Man, I never thought about how bad the internet really is. No. <laughs> uh, yeah, the internet, the internet is awful. Um, except for our podcast, right yeah. yeah, there we go. Except for our podcast, our podcasts are part of the good part of the internet. That's right. Um, so we cut back to the uh, lunchroom where Millhouse decides to be a little bit of a bad boy because his buddy is the hall monitor, and he spitswads one of the bullies through a straw, and uh, Bart takes Millhouse away. I mean, that's, I mean, God, to see, who was it, Kearney? I think, it, I was think Kearney. it was Kearney. God, to see Kearney cowering to Bart was just yeah. so surreal. Yeah. Well, because Bart's got all this power over whether or not you go to detention. Yeah. So, I mean, you got to be careful of that. So we cut back to uh, Lisa's classroom where she's carving a skull and crossbones on her desk. And the skull is in the shape of her own head. Which I thought that was a neat little yeah, so that's, psych that's gag. Cool. Um, so, you know, uh, Miss Hoover asks a question. Nobody knows the answer. She checks it in her teacher's edition, which I feel like that was a thing when we were. Oh, it was. Up. Like, yeah. Oh, the absolutely. Head. You know how many times I uh, snuck a peek at that thing? <laughs> yes. A lot. Oh, yeah. Dude, teachers would leave that shit just lying on their desk and no one would be around. Well, okay, to be fair, in at least seventh and eighth grade, I got in. Pre- I, w- I wouldn't call myself a teacher's pet, but I got myself in pretty good with the teachers where I could kind of wander around during recess or during, you know, downtimes. And yeah, yeah. I, I took a little few peeks at the uh, teacher's edition <laughs> with all the answers in it. Wow, so, I mean, uh, you, earn, you earn their trust, and then you just uh-huh. just That's do right. it in your face right there. Wow. Yeah. Did you guys uh, ever? Did you guys get your eyes on a teacher's edition ever? I think once, maybe. I mean, I don't think I ever looked in it, but I knew what it was, and I feel like it was like a textbook, but maybe had like more of like a binder kind of like out outer shell to yeah. it or whatever, or um, it, it looked like your textbook, but it had like a inverted colors or something like that. Like yeah. It, you know, you could tell maybe it had a, you know, a similar font, you know, it looked like the book, but there was just something a little bit different about it. Obviously other than the, you know, teacher's edition. Yeah. Right so on like there. on the, so it was basically all the same, but it, you know, in your textbook where you had like the actual questions that were part yeah, of the textbook, yeah. Yeah. there would actually be the answers sure. next At the to back it. Of the, like red, yeah. Yeah. in red. Yep. And so I thought that was uh, kind of a cool pull. Like, I haven't really thought about teacher's edition books in forever. No. So Lisa, you know, gets detention for backtalking Hoover. And she goes, oh, Miss Hoover wouldn't be so smart if she didn't have her teacher's edition book. Which, to be fair, I don't think any of the teachers would be so smart without their teacher's edition. Well, as we find out, Lisa (laughs) steals every single book in the building and the teachers are freaking out. They're in the teacher's lounge smoking. There's all, all the smoke because they're all stressed. And Principal Skinner comes in and Kerbopple goes, uh, why not just declare a snow day? And another teacher asks if anybody knows the multiplication table. <laughs> I feel like you should know the multiplication table if you're a teacher. Oh, so like, good. But that's, that was great. They're all freaking I feel like some teachers that we had would freak out and others probably wouldn't. Depending yeah. on the subject, I feel like. So, uh, Miss Kerbapel, you know, she goes back to her class and she tells Martin she, he's going to teach the class. He's like, why? Mm. Just do it. Because he's the smartest one there. Of course, you're going to ask the smartest kid in the class. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, Mr. Glasscock goes to Principal Skinner and says, hey, I'm quitting again. <laughs> he's like, oh, but you just got here. Now, because see. He now, but see, he didn't have that... his teacher's book. Okay, so so did he quit? The, so he quit the first time because he could, of his name. Of his name, and the second time he's like, 
okay, you know what? I can't teach without my uh, yeah. cheater book. Yeah. And then Miss Hoover is freaking out. And she leaves and like calms herself down by saying a mantra. And so we cut back to Skinner's office and apparently Skinner has his own personal bathroom, which <laughs> I don't remember any principal having their own personal bathroom. No, I think this might have been just for this episode, but I'll, I'll, yeah. we'll put a pin in it. We'll we'll come yeah. back, and the next time we're see, we see, see uh, Skinner's office and see if we see that same door kind of opposite his desk. Well, I feel like in the episode where Homer sets up Skinner with uh, one of Marge's sisters, I think it was Patty, yeah. you see Bart sitting behind Homer. Yeah. But I don't remember if there was a door there or not. Next to it, yeah. Yeah. So Bart comes out, uh, Bart uses the personal <laughs> bathroom and we cut away. Uh, Skinner's telling Bart about the teacher's additions and the cops are looking for him and the, the, the cops are using police dogs to search for the books and they end up at the old Springfield library because guess what? That's where books are in the library. <laughs> that was great. I, I do love the fact that uh, Wiggum's like, all right, bust down the doors and they use a tank to break into the library. And I feel like it's the middle of the day. I'm assuming the library is open. You could have <laughs> just, you know, walked in. Yeah. But like, then they wouldn't have been able to use the tank that the Springfield police department apparently has. Yeah. And they, then, need, they need excuses to use their technology. You're not wrong. <laughs> uh, so then they, then they do the animation with a Batman thing where it goes, doo -doo -doo -doo, and you see Bart's face instead to cut back to, uh, the school yeah that was that was pretty sweet I, I i do like anything uh comic book related yes. in, in episodes and that that hit home that was that was pretty fun yeah um and so we see bart and skinner start searching lockers and have I like you guys the... ever had your lockers searched i hope not not that i know <laughs> yeah i don't think i ever did anything wrong enough to get my lockers searched i don't yeah, know that's a good boy I, I didn't do any of this yeah. stuff yeah. Well, to be fair, they can't search your locker without proper cause. Now, obviously, in this case, obviously, things got stolen. But if they just, like, the police came in or teachers like, all right, we're going to look through your lockers. Actually, I'm sorry. I reverse that. They can do that if it's school property. But if you had, like, your own personal locker built in the school, they can't search it without probable cause because it is your private property. <laughs> I don't know who has their own lockers at school, Robert, but rich kids, apparently <laughs> always rich kids. Uh -huh. um, so the first locker that uh, Bart opens up has a ton of cash in it <laughs> and he just leaves it and he just leaves it. <laughs> Bart Bart's a good goody two shoes now. He wouldn't steal yeah. that money, but I kind of want to know whose locker that is, though. I'm going to go with Nelson. Nelson's Nelson or one of the money? bully. Nelson or one of the bullies. Maybe. Or maybe a teacher is stashing cash. Oh, Oh, yeah, because they're all rich. You know, yep. all these teachers are rich. <laughs> uh, but I do like that. So when they search the lockers, we have the theme from Beverly Hills Cop playing. Um, yep. Awesome, awesome callback to a yep. movie that we actually know. Yes. So I have actually seen Beverly Hills Cops. <laughs> probably well, that probably came out in like 88 or something like that. So yep. it was kind of yeah. a you know modernish movie for the time. Yep. yep. And so I don't, once again, animation, animation and animators, you know, either cheating, doing multiple uh, of the same animation or don't know if it was intentional, but we see 
Bart. So not Skinner doesn't, but Bart. No, actually, Skinner does do it. Does he do it too? Okay. Yeah. So they re- open the same locker more than once. I feel like that was uh, an. It wasn't a mistake. I think they did that intentionally. Because they didn't think we time. were paying attention. Probably. Uh huh. They could have drew well, other we things. We were paying in. attention. <laughs> we are paying attention, but this podcast uh, is paying attention. Yeah. Yes. We see it all. Um, and so uh, they find the books in uh, Lisa's locker. And uh, I like how Skinner tells Bart that they saved the school $120. So there has got to be, what, 20 books there? I, like like I mean, barely $5 a book? Maybe. <laughs> I, buy more books. Well, you know that school doesn't have money and the kids That's aren't true. smart enough for the superintendent uh, yes. to put money into the school. The city's not putting money into a school with a bunch of dumb kids. Yes. So, but, but yeah, Bart. I just did the, just did the inflation calculator and that's uh, $228 these days. Oh, okay. oh boy. <laughs> Still not enough to, to warrant. Like that, that, that doesn't even cover half of a college textbook. Yeah. That's, this is <laughs> that's the, the joke. They really went far with that joke. That's a yes. very low number. Yeah. Yes. Um, and so Lisa asked Bart, uh, why did you take the blame? And Bart's like, cause I didn't want you to wreck your life. You got the brains and the talent to go as far as you want, no matter what anyone says. And when you do, I'll be right there to borrow money. (laughs) It's just a perfect heartwarming, you know, kind of, uh, kind of finish to this one. Right. That's a, but as, but as we see, you know, Bart loves Lisa, like he's going to be there for he's a, he's her big brother, no matter how much he's a bad boy. Yeah. Yeah. He'll always be the bigger the bigger, uh, bigger man, I guess. And, yeah. and always, and come back to her. Cause obviously we learned she'll probably become president of the, of the United States, States. or, you know, something to, and to mooch off of. Yeah. Yeah. And this is, uh, you know, this is also, again, this, this sets everything back to normal, right? This, this whole yes. episode as a, uh, as uh, Skinner calls this topsy turvy or whatever he says. <laughs> yep. And, uh, this is, this is when things, uh, flip back. Bart, uh, Bart gets in trouble, takes the blame, takes the fall. And, uh, you know, Lisa is, is saved uh, from the life of crime or whatever. And, uh, you know, it, the, all is right in the world. Nature is healing, as the meme says. Yeah. <laughs> and so I like how Bart is sitting in the principal Skinner's office and, you know, it's like, OK, Bart, we're going to get, you know, like 200 days of detention. And Bart's like 300. And Skinner's like, like 400. 400. Oh, I could do that in my sleep. <laughs> and so then Bart's like 600 days, 600 days of detention plus I will uh, not expose the ignorance of the faculty repeatedly on the chalkboard. Yeah, I did do the math. So if Bart, so from the time this episode aired, which was February 27th, 1992, if he did 600 straight days of detention, which would include summer, summer school, his detention would not end until mid to late October of 1993. The reason I say mid to late is because I saw a number one where somewhere that said like the 19th, I came up with like late October. So that's why I did the range. So yeah, that's a very long time to be in detention. Well, let's, let's, uh, let's see if I, I'd say, let's see if we can count the number of times Bart writes something on the chalkboard. Maybe that's just on top of all of that or, uh. This is just the end of uh, Bart's life as we know it, <laughs> at, least, at least until 1993. Yeah. And as we see, as Bart is writing on the blackboard, 
Lisa has gone back to playing the saxophone. Yeah, so that's nice. And she's, you know, comforting Bart while he's writing on the chalkboard just outside the window. So as always, uh, as we like to do at the end of our podcast, we like to do our final thoughts, what we liked, what we maybe didn't like, and we grade it. And for any new listeners out there, we have a one to five skill. And I don't know, Neil, Neil, have you listened to an episode yet? No, I'm sorry about that. Uh, no, okay. I'm going to. So you're now, also so a new listener fun. as well yeah. as a guest. Okay, so that's one through awesome. Five. Um, so one through five, one being a doe, which is the lowest, meaning you absolutely <laughs> yes. did not like this episode. Yes. Two is eat my shorts. Three is don't have a cow man. Four is mm, sprinkles. And five is everything's coming up Millhouse. So wow. Niels, you are a guest. Uh, I will let you uh, go first. Wow. What do you think? I, you know, I, I really like this one, um, but I think I'll stick with the um, don't have a cow. That's the three, okay. right? Yep. yep. Uh, just because, uh, you know, listen, we, uh, you guys know this. Uh, anyone who's listened to listening to the show right now, obviously a big Simpsons fan. There, there's there's, you know, dozens, maybe hundreds of, of truly great ones. And you got to leave room right at the top. You know what I mean? Uh, especially, you know, coming on this show my first time or whatever. Like, I don't want to I don't want to shoot too high here. You know, I, I'm always worried about leaving myself room at the top there for a little bit of, uh, you know, breathing room. Because I'm sure there, you know, while this is very good episode, I'm sure there's uh, some some uh, some really, really great ones. So I'm going to reserve the fours and the fives for uh, okay. some of those. But this was uh, this was no slouch at all. I love all the. Um, I love all the teacher humor and the school humor and, uh, you know, again, also the, 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 the also the, you know, the, like ter- tips, uh, we say topsy turvy uh, <laughs> stuff. Those are always fun. Like you said, there's a couple of them where this kind of stuff happens, uh, either to Bart or Lisa or both of them. That's always really fun. Um, and yeah, we got a lot of good stuff in here. And uh, yeah, I like the overall kind of, uh, you know, uh, follow your dreams kind of message type of thing here about, you know, it doesn't matter what you get on a test or what other people like tell you, like overall, like, hey, you can you can do whatever you want, whatever you, you know, want to do in your life. That's something you should go after. So I dig kind of the overall message here as well, which is nice. All right, Steve. All right. So, uh, yeah. So kind of like what I mentioned kind of middle of the episode is like. I, I kind of forgot about this episode. Um, <laughs> it's it's definitely not one that you see every day. Um, even during reruns, I kind of I kind of gauge a lot of my favorite episodes based on what I put on VHS as a kid. And I couldn't find this episode on on my sets of VHS tapes when I taped them right off of live TV. <laughs> um, so it's obviously one. Even as a kid, I didn't necessarily you know, think about, but after rewatching, I'm kind of with Neil on it. I'm kind of at a three. Um, don't have a cow, man. Um, it, it's just, it, to me, even after watching it, it's, it's a great episode to kind of see Bart and Lisa, a Bart and Lisa episode and, and their life. Cause up until now, we very rarely have a Lisa Bart centric episode and it's kind of fun to see oh this is what their life is like in school this is kind of what goes on but I mean to be fair I mean it's it is it seems like a one-off um it doesn't seem like there's going to be much continuation after everything we've learned in this episode except maybe Puma Pride they bring that eventually Puma Puma. (laughs) um but yeah Bart being kind of the good boy you know for once and Lisa kind of showing her uh, other side, being a emo chick, even though she's only eight. Um, 
and talking back to teachers and going to the principal's office. But yeah, I mean, there are definitely some funny points in here. Anytime that you can make fun of Iowa, let's do it. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, I'm going to go with three. Don't have a cow, man. I, I enjoy the episode for what it is, as you've mentioned, as a one-off kind of thing. The jokes are there, but for me, the plot is really just... Maybe it's I'm so used to seeing Bart as the bad boy and Lisa's the good, good Samaritan. Um, and there's not a lot of Homer. There's not a lot of Marge. There's not a lot of Maggie. It's just, uh, as we've said, it's Bart and Lisa centric. It's good. The jokes are there. I, I There's some good things about it. But I don't I don't know. I feel like it just it didn't have that Simpsons flair to me. Um and I'm also gonna go with a three. I was kind of leaning towards a two. Don't don't eat uh eat my or eat my shorts. But I'm gonna go with a three. Don't have a cow. It's funny. It's got a great message. As we've said, the jokes are great. I, you know, I mean, heck, the Funk Funko made a pop of Ralph eating paste. Yeah, well, he has paste in his hand. It's an like, iconic one. It's iconic. Um, so I it's it's a, it's okay. Uh. As, as as Steve said, he forgot about it. I certainly don't remember this episode, and I've probably seen it a handful of times in the past, um, but... All right, sounds good. So uh, let's finish it up with our character profile of the week. And uh, this week, we're uh, since, it's, it is, since it is our uh, one-year anniversary, let, let's give you a little bit more. Not only are we going to give you one character, but we're going to give you two characters for the price Ooh. of one. We're going to give you Lou and Eddie. Uh, <laughs> so uh, their occupation is they're two of Springfield's quote unquote finest. <laughs> yeah. Taking... I, feel like, I feel like Eddie is smarter than Lou, though. Or am I wrong? Or no, I think Lou is smarter. Than... Okay. Yeah, Lou, Lou is definitely smarter than Eddie. Okay. Now, this is this is going to be a future thing. I, I, I definitely want to get to this in a later episode. But yeah. I have actually seen uh, Simpsons nuts on the internet actually okay. actually say that Ed, uh, that Eddie actually cheated on uh, or cheated with Wiggum's wife because oh if you, yeah there's a theory yeah because that. if you look at Eddie's hairline it looks exactly like Ralph's hairline yeah there's a there but here's the problem is Ralph is dumb like Chief Wiggum <laughs> well they're all dumb. That's true. Fair, fair. So we're going to touch on that a little bit later when we get into the cops a little more. Um, But our uh, favorite on-duty beverage for these two is beer. Of course. Yeah. Their favorite non-monetary bribe is beer. Of course. So they they like drinking. They go to Moe's every once in a while. Uh, Their talents, abusing power, and intimidating suspects. Uh, their weaknesses, solving, solving crimes and keeping the peace. Oh, as we said before, they're two of Springfield's finest, quote unquote. Yep. Uh, they're unintelligible joy, hot and cold running chicks. I which, don't know what that means. When they said it in the show, I didn't, I was like, so I, don't, I, th- I don't really know what that means. Like, so I think you yeah. want hot and cold. I, I get they're saying they want like girls who Babes, are like, trying yeah. to find a guy or whatever, but like. Wouldn't that just be hot? Like, what's the hot and cold running? That's maybe just some some early '90s uh, term that uh, we don't yeah. we don't get. <laughs> maybe the only thing I was thinking is like, okay, there's hot chicks, yeah. and you know you want to see the hot chicks running, 
But then the cold chicks, maybe a little uh, nip action, you know, running in below freezing weather. Interesting. I don't Interesting. know. That was you, you're going physically running, like running yes. what they are. They are they are moving their legs quickly. So sweaty women and cold women. Yes, maybe. I don't know. I just, just a theory. I don't know. If, uh, I feel like it's a phrase I'm running hot and cold, but I don't yeah. really know necessarily what that means other than like, okay, I'm, I'm, I have high energy than low energy or something like that. But <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. We, uh, that, this is uh, for the deeper dive into Lou and Eddie, I guess. Something. Yep. Yes. Uh, and then last but not least, their biggest fans are Chief Wiggum and Bart. Yup. Because, you know, hey, to, it's something to be said for Bart to have a ride along with cops. I mean, that was, yep. that was pretty cool. And, he got to Chief handle Wiggum's a gun. Yeah. Well, he got to handle a gun. Yeah, they handed and... him a gun, so there you go. <laughs> of course, he's gonna be the uh, he's gonna be the best. All right, guys. Well, this this has been fun. So, yeah. uh, first up, uh, Neil, if you'd like to plug anything, like maybe a new album that's coming out uh, very recently, you could definitely oh do that. Um, yeah. Or or you could uh, tell uh, you could tell people where to find you and and stuff like that. Plug away. Totally, yeah. So, Cuckoo Kangaroo, check it out. That's the band. We're a dance along uh, party hip hop duo from uh, the Twin Cities, and uh, we put out uh, fun, uh, you know, very high energy um, music that you can uh, party to in your house. We have a YouTube channel with lots of fun music videos and dance along videos. And yes, we have a new album. It is out. It's called Slow Clap, and uh, it's a, our first full album in a very long time. And we've got lots of new videos and songs. And, uh, yeah, hopefully we'll be uh, returning to playing shows. We tour the whole country and Canada and U.K. So um, if you live in any of those places, hopefully we'll be coming uh, to a town near, your, to, town near you. You can just uh, head on over to Cuckoo Kangaroo to learn about it all or go into Spotify or Apple Music, whatever you use to listen to things. Go check out Slow Clap. We're really happy about it. And, uh uh, it's the newest thing from us, so go check that out. And then if you like what you hear, come to a show. It's a big party, and even if you don't have kids, you don't have to have kids to like us or come to a show. It's not weird. <laughs> We're not only for kids. It's all good. So uh, I know that's like it's kind of an odd thing to say, but uh, I think once you uh, listen to the music or see the videos, you'll probably see why um, it's not only for kids. So uh, give us a chance. All right, man. Thank you. And uh, for us at the Simpsons Data Podcast, you can find us on Facebook, the Simpsons Data Podcast. Uh, on Twitter, Simpsons did it PC. You can head over to uh, Instagram, Simpsons did it pod. Um, all of our uh, episodes are on YouTube as a podcast YouTube video format. So head over there. Um, hit if you subscribe, hit the like button. Yeah, hit subscribe, like, you know, give us some comments on the videos. We like all that fun stuff. Yep. Um, and then if you like to support our podcast where, you know, we have a lot of uh, people that like us a lot, you can head over to buymeacoffee.com backslash the Simpsons did it pod and uh, give us a little scratch, 5, 10, 15, 20, whatever you want. It doesn't matter. And all of your uh, donations go to merch. Um, we got stickers out, which hopefully everyone's seen on our uh, Facebook and Instagram page. Um, so we'll send those out to you if you give us a, a small donation. And hopefully in the future with our donations, we'll have bigger and better prizes to uh, give out to you folks. Um, so, uh, thanks again for, uh, being with us for one year. It's been amazing. And, uh, we've gotten, so one year we got through just under three full seasons. So, 
Um, granted, the first season was only 13 episodes. So, <laughs> so, so if they had done a normal, you know, normal season, we'd only be at the very beginning of season three. But yeah, so, so probably about uh, two to two and a half seasons a year. So uh, yeah. once again, thanks everyone uh, for being with us for our first year and hopefully for many years to come. So until next time, I'm Steven Skolansky. And I'm Robert Skolansky. And this has been The Simpsons Did It. Shh.